the Big Church Podcast. If you think about it, has he ever let you down? We've let him down. And most of the time when we think he's let us down, it's something that's usually happened in our own lives. But he's good. He's good every day. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes, and he's always going to be good. This world will tell you something different, but I'm going to tell you we serve a good God. Can somebody give me an amen on that one? We serve a good God. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Oh, six of you are doing good. Anybody doing else doing good? There we go. Uh, yes, I'm not leaving, so I just figured I'd bring my backpack up here and just uh, try to get a little workout in while I'm going. But no, uh, this morning we're going to finish our series on going deeper. How many's enjoyed this? I really believe that this is going to be a good message today. But today we're going to talk about going deeper in giving. And that's usually not a really good subject to talk about in church, but we're going to do it anyway. How about that? But this morning, we love to give away so much that we're going to raffle off four backpacks. They're full of school supplies and other goodies in there. And listen, if your child already, if you win, and we're going to call the number out here too, and you're going to take it to the, what is it, the, what center is it now? The Happy Center, the Next Step Center, okay. Uh, it's the Happy Center too. But you can take your ticket to there. And if you already have a full backpack full of uh, supplies, just pay it forward to someone that you might know that needs this. So I'm going to draw some numbers out of here. So here we go. Everybody get your ticket out? Everybody ready? I did not bring my glasses. Oh, my goodness. Am I just calling out the last four numbers? Uh, yes. Come, hey, Vanna. Oh, no. I thought we were getting Vanna White, but we're getting Bubba White here. Here we go. Call it out. Nine eight seven seven eight nine seven. Any winners? We got a hand. Right. Do you want to? Are we waiting until after? after? We're gonna pick. We're gonna wait till after. We're, you'll go to. The, thank you. Right. You're in charge. Nine eight seven seven eight nine three. <laughs> Last one. Last. Oh, we got four. Okay. Two more. You still have a chance. Nine eight seven seven eight eight nine. There we go. And our last one. Nine eight seven seven eight nine six. Awesome. Can you take that with you, sir? I appreciate it. Well, good morning. This morning, we are going to uh, finish up this series, as I said, going deeper. And over the last several weeks, we've, we've talked about how we can become more mature as a Christian. And we talked a little bit about, you know, how reading the Word is very important and, and how Ashley did a great job on what worship really is. It's about our giving to God. And we talked about prayer, didn't the prayer team, the prayer panel did an awesome job, Pastor Tim, it was a great uh, Sunday. And we talked about church attendance and how it's important to be in the house of God. But um, this is our last one, but we're going to talk about going deeper in our giving. And listen, during the examination, a, a, a rookie police officer was asked, what strategy 
he would use to disperse a threatening crowd. You know what he said? He would take up a collection. Can I just be honest with you all today? The enemy tried to fight me so bad about this message. I went out of town for a few days, and, and with the place that I was staying at had no internet connection. Bless her heart, she came come over and tried to fix it, but she couldn't do it. And then um, I set my phone down in about an inch of water and for about two hours and didn't realize it until I came back, and it fried my iPhone. And, you know, I lost everything. I lost, listen, y'all want to send me your contact information ever, go ahead and shoot it to me because I lost everything, all my data, everything off that phone, and I wasn't smart enough to really back it up the way that I should have. Listen, I got educated at AT AT&T. Now I know what I need to do. But I didn't do it right the first time. But And then we get there, and I'm, I'm hopping around trying to find Internet somewhere. And in Florida, what happened is, is they're starting to shut the indoor stuff down just a little bit. So I go to Starbucks, and I order a hot coffee, because I don't like cold coffee. Cold coffee, ugh. Anyway, um, I ordered a hot coffee, and then they said, oh, you have to sit outside. Well, at the time, it's about 89 degrees and highly humid outside. So I'm sitting out there trying to work on this thing, drinking a hot coffee and sweating so bad. It was a very stressful week. (laughs) And when you start talking about money, money is not something that I really like to talk about in church. It's not really something that I'm, and this is your first time, listen, I'll tell you, we've probably preached about money four times in four years. So you just got here on either the wrong Sunday or the right one anyway. But, um, you know, people use the comment to say that, you know, all the church wants is my money, you know. And listen, I've seen it growing up that, that it's, made, it's been made the most important thing sometimes. And sometimes that's all they've turned out to be. And it's really turned a lot of people off because of that. It's also, uh, people ask, well, is giving and tithing biblical? Well, it can cause confusion. It can cause a little fear. It can cause some doubt in that. But listen to me. I really feel, because of the way I got attacked about this, is I really feel like it needs to be talked about this morning to help us to go deeper in our financial giving and also to be blessed. Yes, I said that. Pastor Lonnie, my mentor, told me this, and it really stuck with me. He said, I was doing a disservice to my people if I did not talk about money and financing and and, and attach it to the blessing. Don't be afraid to talk about how God can bless you when you give. Listen, I don't want this to be a give to get message. I don't want that's not our motivation when we give to God or a prosperity, a name it or claim it type of thing. You know, God is not an ATM. He is not a genie. He's not the lottery ticket. He is the almighty God. But I do believe that if you are obedient to him and God, he will bless you in your finances. The title of my message is The Truth About Giving. There's 2,500 verses in the Bible that talk about money. Jesus himself talked about money and riches and how if you weren't careful, it can become an idol in your life. Bible, the most misquoted Bible scripture in the Bible is money is the root of all evil. Have y'all ever seen that one? No, the Bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is good. Money has been put out there for us to bless people and to be a blessing, but it's not the root of all evil. It's the heart behind the money. One of the most quoted verses concerning tithes and offerings is giving, and it's in Malachi, and that's where we're going. But if you look at Malachi 1, it starts out, it says, but there's a statement that says, the burden of the Lord 
the father is to Israel, my children, which says this topic is pretty important and you should listen to it and you should often repeat it. So many times when God starts out a, 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 a scripture saying, listen, you need to listen to what I'm about to say. It's about time you listen to what you're about to say, right? When my mama said, looked at me and said, listen, you better, you better focus on what I'm about to say. I better do it or I got my butt whipped. Wow. <laughs> I fell off the stage. Wow. I did not do that on purpose. I just lost my balance. <laughs> Y'all pray for me this morning. A little backstory. Listen to the little backstory to Malachi is the priests of that time were serving polluted offerings. They were giving, uh, the Bible says when you bring your offering and the sacrifice, it's supposed to be unblemished. It's not supposed to have anything wrong with it. Well, they were bringing the lame and they were bringing blemished things. And really, basically what it all boiled down to is they were not bringing their best. Here's what God desires. The Lord was desiring an honest sacrifice. He was hurt by all the insincerity. He was hurt about uh, the irreverent things that they were bringing in front of him. Listen, with God, it's all about relationship. It's not what you can bring to the table. It's all about what your heart is and who you are with him. Him willing to give, to, he wants to have our best sacrifice. And it's not really so much how much you give, and I'm not here to tell you this. We're going to talk about some principles here. But it's also the heart towards it and the heart behind it. Listen to Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Usually leaves half of the, there's the, everybody usually shuts down about after that one. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have you robbed me? In tithes and in offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now he's talking about the nation of Israel. But I ask you this right now, before you shut me down and we say, I've not robbed God, but have you really, have you really not robbed God sometimes? How about your devotion to God? Have you not robbed him sometimes? How about your time that you spend with him? Have you not robbed him sometimes? How about the, the time and the honor that he has? To, all of us in this room are guilty of robbing God of the things that he is worthy of. Verse 10, it says, bring all, say all, all, all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me. And one version says, test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, listen, that there is no room for you to receive it. Number one point is this, God is our source. So many times, it's easy to forget that God is the source. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he, listen, he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors as to this day. We think, we think we're in control. We're making all the right moves and, and we need to work and do our best. But listen, when we forget that God is our source, that's when it gets us all out of whack. You can work 70 hours a week and you can do everything that you know to climb up the corporate ladder. But when you forget that God is truly your source, that's when things change in your finances. God is our source. Faith and dependence on him is the key when times are getting rough. Listen, there may be a time of testing coming to us. There may be a time of faith coming to us to actually see if God is our source. What if they pull our tax exemption? Crickets. What if you're no longer able to get a tax credit on what you give to the church? Will you still give? 
Listen, there are times coming right now that's going to test our faith. It's going to test to know that God is truly our source. And he's the one that we lean on, not the government, not anybody outside of him, not our job. <laughs> Giving and tithing is trusting God. He is our provider if we trust him and we obey him. Deuteronomy 28, 8 says, The Lord, listen, will command the blessing on you and your storehouse. And all that you, which you... I'm stopping. So many times we just don't read the Bible. So many times we don't understand that God commands the blessing on us if we're obedient to him. His word, when his word says it, it's yes and Amen. He says, I will command a blessing on you and your storehouses and all that which you set your hand to do, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Provision means to supply with needed materials. Your job, your retirement, your investments are your supplies. They're not your source. It's so good to have those things. I'm not talking about doing away with your retirement. I'm talking about it's your supplies. It's not your source. If it dries up tomorrow, I can tell you one thing right now. If you're in in covenant with God, he's got your back. Provision is from God. Philippians 4.19 says this. I was going to try to slow down, but I'm wound up. Slow down. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything, so why should I worry about anything? Obedience will cause you to prosper. Prosper also means to become strong and to succeed. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to thrive. He wants us, God has the promise, to provide for all of our needs. The Bible also says he'll give you the desires of your heart. Needs and wants are two different things. Oh, that's another tithe and offering message. Needs and wants are two different things. You can want a lot of things, but do you need them? Are they beneficial to you if you were to get them? So many times God is withdrawn. Oh, you got to hear this. Sometimes God has withdrawn some things out of your life that were not beneficial for you, even though you wanted them. He could see down the road how, 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 I used to make a lot more money than this. But I had the bad heart about it. I didn't spend it the right way. I didn't do it the right way. I had a bad heart towards it. God knew, God knows now that, that we can do more with the little that he gives us than the lot that he gives us. If he's not, that didn't make any sense, did it? God knows where you're going. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. So I'm telling you, but there's sometimes when God will withhold something from you, not because he doesn't love you, because he knows you won't be able to handle it. Giving number two, giving is obedience. And here's the word right here that's been kicked around since I've been in church, tithing. Tithing is a term commonly used to mean setting aside a certain amount for one's income to God. Typically, a tithe means a tenth or one's income because the word literally means a tenth. Is tithing Old Testament? People have said that's the Old Testament, that's the old law uh, when Jesus came. But let's look at Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord and I do not change. Let's skip down here to Hebrews 13.8. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means he's the same God of the Old Testament as he was of the New Testament. And his principles still apply even though we want to say it's in the Old Covenant. In the Old Testament, they were talking about bringing 10% or a tenth. But listen, in the New Testament, Jesus is asking for everything. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. and He said, well, hey, I want what you got. I want to have this eternal life that you're talking about. He says, here's what you need to do. You need to go sell everything that you have, and you need everything, and give it to the poor. Well, he was like, well, he started thinking, I'm giving my 10%. No, Jesus said, I want to see where your heart really is. Listen, some people think that, that you know, he, and the Bible says he went away sorrowful. Sorrowful. But I don't know that God, I don't know that Jesus would have taken everything away from him if he would have been obedient. Let's say he would have went and sold everything that he had and gave it to the poor. Can I tell you something? I believe God would have given it back to him, not just in one, but ten times more. Because he saw where his heart was. There's a big difference, listen to me. There's a big difference between paying your tithe and giving your tithe. If it's just something else you do and it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of your just, okay, it's a paycheck, it's a check mark. But when you say, God, I'm giving this to you. This is what I was. And let me tell you something. God doesn't, anybody like leftovers in here? Oh my gosh, I love leftovers. When we used to have 47 people living with us for like nine years, Literally, we had a ton of people, right, Allie? There was people coming and going all the time. Well, one of the, one of the things was is if you got any food and you put it in the refrigerator, you better put your name on it and possibly the date on it. Because let me tell you what, after three days, it was fair game. There was many times when after a couple of days, uh, I ate somebody else's food or they ate mine. But I love leftovers, but God doesn't. I can prove it to you. Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part, the first fruit of everything that you produce. He doesn't want what's left over. God needs to be the top of the list when you start making the list. He doesn't want to be that side, side dish or, or, or something else that you're figuring down the line. He wants to be top. Give to God off of the top no matter what. When you sit down and do your budget, really, what you give to the church, whether it's 5%, 10%, offerings, it ought to be the first fruit of everything that you do because that's what God can bless. I know this is hard. But it builds your faith to give God the first 10 and watch him bless the other 90 Man, if you give him 10, I guarantee you he'll make that 90 stretch to over 100%. It builds your faith. The widow, there was a widow in the Bible in Luke 21.1. It says he looked up and he saw the rich putting in their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites. And so he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all y'all have. For all these things out of the abundance have you put in the offering for God, but she out of her poverty put it in the livelihood that she had. She gave two mites, which were a couple little Roman coins, and the rich were walking up and, and putting all their money in and probably proud about what they were doing. Plop, plop, oh, look at me. You know, the Bible talks about it in the New, in the New Testament. He talked to the Pharisees. He said, don't go up here and show how you're gonna give. You just go up here and give. Don't, you, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Just do it. 
But he said, I saw this woman coming up here, and she gave everything that she had. God values someone who will give from the heart no matter the amount. Even if we can't give much, God can do something with that little bit of gift. So I tell you this morning, if you're not used to giving and tithing, start somewhere. God can bless where you start. Large or small, it's not how much you give that's what's important. Your attitude also has a lot to do with it. You're getting a lot of Bible this morning. The production people were like, my gosh, there's 7,000 Bible scriptures, but here we go. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly and not out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Our attitude also determines how much more God can give to us if he can trust us with our giving. Listen, tithing is a test, number three. Testing is meant to grow you. He tested Abraham. He told Abraham, he said, listen, I want you to go out into a land that you don't need. And he said, I want you to go to this new land. Abraham said, where am I going? He said, I'll tell you when you get there. Then I want you to go out and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abraham's 80 years old going, what up, God? 80 years old, I ain't seen no kids yet. But he is called the father of faith because he stepped out and he did the testing. Paul was tested, and Paul was tested many times, as, as Ashley brought to our attention a few weeks ago. But he was tested, but he turned out to be the greatest preacher of all time. And Jesus himself was tested in the garden, right? He said, I don't really want to do this, but your will will be done. And then he was tested further on the cross. Every time you receive something, every time you get your paycheck, you're taking a test. Who are you going to thank? Who are you going to give your first fruits to? And I get this too. And if you've ever been around, y'all been, if you've been in church much, some of y'all haven't been, I've been in church, tithers are always, oh my gosh, let me tell you the story about how good God's been to me and my finances. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you this and, and let me tell you that. When I met with Pastor Lonnie, let me, I can tell you, he sat there for an hour and a half and told us about what God was doing in their church. But then you know what else he told me? How much they were giving away. He said, do you know the reason why we're blessed today? Because we give away this much. Because we go there. We, he said, that's the, the full, right there, the full measure of how you can get blessed is if you give it away. I know that many of you would rather hear a sermon on any other subject but this. But there's a quote. It says, a lot of people, I didn't come up with this quote, so don't throw no shoes at me. A lot of people are willing to give God credit, but they're reluctant to give him cash. My God has been so good to me. Let me tell you how good God's been to, you know what I mean? But they're reluctant to give the things that God's asked them to give too. Here's the thing. People who don't, consider, don't consistently give or tithe, they always say, listen, they, if I've heard this once, I can't afford it. I just don't have enough. Can I just tell you this? You can't afford, I'm not gonna say that. You can't afford to tithe until you do it. You don't even know it works until you try it. And I'm about to read some stuff here in just a little bit. Never have enough. You can't afford to do it. You have to decide. Listen to me. This is out of financial peace, Amy. Uh, uh, you have to decide to live within your means no matter what. 
So many times we don't have enough because we're frivolously spending our money on everything else out there. And, and I'm telling you, when you put God first, he'll start showing you that you got more money to stretch. Haggai, listen to Haggai. I said it right. Haggai, 1-6. Listen to this, it's cool. You have sown much. This is people right now that I talk to a lot. You've sown much and you bring in little. You make this much money, but yet you're always broke. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, and you're not filled with the drink. You clothe yourself, but you say, I am not warm. And he who earns his wages earns wages to be put into a bag with holes. I never have enough. Well, let me tell you something. When you start giving your, uh, your full commitment over to God, you'll find out he can take that little and make much out of it. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. Listen, so many times we don't have enough, and I'm not giving you a financial class this morning, but if you can't afford it, don't buy it. I used to buy things on credit, and it, uh, it was awful. Always in trouble, always stressed out, always worrying about something. Don't, uh, uh, Dave Ramsey said this, we buy things, this is awesome, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. You might not even like your neighbor, but you're going to buy a boat just because he's got a boat. Oh, let's go on with that one. We get stressed out when preoccupied by trying to have more. Listen to this statement. Many people are praying for God's miracles to provide for their needs while they're neglecting their giving principles. If you do, they said in that verse up there, it says, if you do, which means this, you have a choice. You don't have to give to God. You don't have to tithe to God. Not giving and not tithing does not say you're not going to heaven. I have actually heard that from, a pulp, from the pulpit before. If you weren't a tither, you weren't saved. Absolutely wrong, because Jesus paid the price. He paid everything you need. But what he's looking for is our heart towards what we're doing for him. There's a big difference. Never mind, that's not. Are you asking God to bless something that you won't surrender to him? So many times, God, we want you to bless my business, and, and I want you to bless my home, and, and bless my family, and okay, I want you to tithe. Well, I want you to bless my home, and I want you, wait a minute, my business, I forget something. I want you to give to the house of God. I want you to bless my, okay. So many times we miss that voice. God is saying in Malachi, he says, I dare you to put me to the test. I dare you to put me first in your life, and anything that you do, including your finances, and see if I don't bless you. Number four, giving offers support. It says bring it all in. Your tithes, can I be honest with you? Your tithes are supposed to go to the storehouse, which is your local community, your local house of worship. I know this is like um, foreign to some people, but listen, giving to charity, supporting missions, helping someone are great things. Those are offerings, those are things that you should do as Christians. You should help out the poor. You should give to missions. You should give to charities. But tithing should be tied to the community that you worship in. I'm going to prove it to you. In Acts, ma'am, I am trimming up a little. In Acts, when the church was first beginning, Christians brought everything into the church. To be shared equally, how would you like that? If you had a lot, you still brought it in. Everybody got the same amount. 
Acts 4.32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they all had this in common. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. Nobody lacked for anything. For all were possessors of land and houses and sold them and brought the proceeds and the things that were sold. And they laid them at the apostles' feet, saying... No, laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as they needed. There was a time when Paul and Silas, there was a, a blind man uh, that was sitting outside, and he said, he, he says, can you help me? Can you give me some money? And Paul and Silas said this, silver and gold have I none. They didn't have the abundance of riches, but, they, but God had supplied all of their needs. He gave them the miracles. Pro, number five, protection in giving. Verse 11 and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. There is protection. There is protection for who and what you have under the covenant of God. He says, I will rebuke the devourer, which is Satan, for your sakes. There is one out there who intends to steal, to kill, and destroy everything that you have. And I believe this right now, that your crop, the Bible says your crops aren't going to be destroyed. We could take that right now to know that everything that you set your hand to do, your finances will not be destroyed. Your vines will not fail. That means that everything that you put your hand to is going to prosper if you're in covenant with God. Tithers consistently say we have been so blessed, but I can tell you this much. God always guards what he gives. He always guards it. When you say yes to God with your resources, you will find out that he will give you more chances to give. I love to give. I love to give. I give people on the side of the road money all the time, and people will say, why do you give them money? I don't know, because I just, I just like to give. I really want to get to the point where this is what a church does. We just give. Pastor Lonnie told me that they give away, and I may get this wrong, and he may, if you're watching, rebuke me later. Uh, but they give away 10% to missions, 10% to their community, and 10% to somewhere. They have three 10% that they give out of their tithe every month. I want to get to the point where we're not storing all this stuff up for us. We're giving it out to someone else too. We are a blessed nation. Verse 12 says this. All nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land. All nations will call you blessed. Your witness to God and blessings will be noticed. I believe this right now. I believe that America has been a blessed nation because we're the first in line to help anybody out in the world, right? When something happens, a disaster happens, or, or a famine happens, or there's a problem, America is on the front line trying to be that person to help. Some of these other nations, you don't even see them until farther on down the line. I believe that because God has blessed us, he's put us first in line. And let me just tell you something. No, I don't care what anybody else tells you. America is still a blessed, godly nation. It might not look like it, but God has blessed us. Tithing is a blessing to the church. And let me just tell you, I'm just going to be practical with you this morning. Yes, it's cool in here. Because we pay the electric bill. It's warm in here in the winter because we pay the electric bill. We have bills. We have payroll. We have utilities. We have rent. We have overhead. We have things that we need to do to operate on. But let me tell you what you're sowing into. You're not just sowing into what we can have around here. You're sowing into the kingdom of God. 
And let me tell you what you're giving to that money may not be able to buy. You're giving to life changes. You're seeing people go from darkness to light. Oh my gosh, you ought to be more excited about that. There's things happening in the atmosphere that you don't even know. There's families that used to be broken that are now bonding, hurt people who now have hope. You're giving not just your money to pay for the lights and smoke and all that. You're paying to see lives transformed. About three months ago, my wife, or maybe longer than that, was back around the first of the year, she did the 90-day challenge. And let me just tell you, we had about 8 or 10% of people that took up that challenge. And, and we really saw a, a really drastic change in our finances. But let me read this to you. Jason uh, sent this to me. and We were sitting in men's group one time, and, and he was one that took the challenge. And let me read it to you first. I've always gone at tithing about halfway. I give when I could, but usually I would make some lame excuse as to why I couldn't. When the 90-day challenge came up, the competitive spirit in me did as well, and I jumped in. You got to know Jason. He likes to lift weights and the second day of the challenge, I set up my weekly withdrawal above the 10% that I was supposed to give. There's a way that you can set it up on a reoccurring. It's really good. It's what he did. Mark on the chat. He said, that way I could not come. <laughs> this is good. That way I couldn't come up with an excuse or reason not to give because it automatically came out. Every time an unexpected bill came up, so would an unexpected deposit. The car needed repair. The car insurance would send me a cover refund. Where'd that come from? Medical bills came due. I got a stimulus check the next day in the mail. Those little acts didn't make me rich, but it cemented in me the faith that if you do what you are supposed to do, God will do what he's supposed to do. Amen. Here's what he told me. This is something he said in men's group. He said, it's not just money. He said, I haven't seen a ton of money since I've been tithing. He said, I have peace. He said, I have contentment. He said, there's, there's things that used to bother me that are not bothering me anymore. Sometimes the Bible, when it says, I'll, well, I'll open up the heavens and I'll pour you out a blessing that you can't contain, so many people start writing zeros in their checkbook. But sometimes that blessing is your child comes back to Jesus. Sometimes that blessing is you might get a good diagnosis from the doctor. So many times we wrap it around what we have in our checkbook, but God's got more when opening the windows of heaven. We, the church, are called to be the blessing. And let me tell you what we've done. So many times we forget. But when John and Shauna were here, we blessed them to plant their church in Florida. When Forrest was here, do you remember when Forrest was here? They, they're getting ready to start their church in Frankfurt. We planted a seed in that too. We helped, we've helped finance some single moms who couldn't pay their bills. We've give, we are going to give and have given to adoptions to try to help families adopt children. We've hired two new staff members, full-time staff members since the first of the year. This is good. Come on. This is something that a year ago we couldn't have done. I'm telling you, it, it's a blessing that when you give. We've opened Big Thrift over here. And listen, we're working on making an outreach center to our community right now. And we've just provided school supplies. I'm going to read you a letter here. Come on, somebody. This is what you do as a church. It says, thank you so much for the generous donation to the Maryville Family Resource Center. Please thank your church for this amazing donation. It will not be forgotten. It will go to good use. Awesome. That's what you sow into each and every week. But what could we do if it was more than 8 or 10%? What could we do if it was more like 15 to 20%? 
We could help more churches plant because I remember when we were planting this church, we didn't have any money. And when people started planting and giving to us, it made us feel so good that people out there carry. And I believe that when we sow into other lives and other communities, God will bring it back to us. We want to provide resources for our community. We're going to do things around the holidays. We're going to feed some people. We're going to have some food drives. We're going to have some holiday money if you don't got any money. We're going to have some gifts that we can help out some families with. Come on. This is not about bringing it into the storehouse to hoard it. It's about bringing in the storehouse to give it. That's when God's going to bless it. Listen, listen I'm, I just wrote this. This may be new to some of y'all. Maybe this is like your third time in church, or maybe you haven't been in church or anything like that. So listen, I'm telling you this much where start somewhere. If you're giving a little, increase it. Maybe you're a tither. Maybe you're a giver. Increase that and see how good God can do in your life. Let's all stand if we would, please. If this is your first time here, I'm not apologizing. The devil just tried to mess with my mind. So well, just apologize. Tell him to come back next week. It'll be different. I'm not apologizing. Because I'm going to tell you something. The principles that God have in giving, they work. I can tell you story after story after story in my own life where I sowed and God came through. So I'm telling you this morning, as we've challenged you to go deeper during this series. We challenge you to go deeper in your maturity and allow the Holy Spirit to help you to grow into the person you need to be. We challenge you to go deeper in servanthood. We need, there's areas right here in this body right now that we need help in. So if you would sign up to help in all areas. We challenge you to go deeper in worship knowing that it's not about you. It's about him. We've challenged you to go deeper in prayer, to give God more time, how, why church is important, and for us to be in the house. And we're leaving you with this. I'm challenging you to, to, uh, for your giving and your tithing. Today is a new day of beginnings. And let me tell you, if you don't know Jesus, that's the best beginning to do right now. You can start right now. Start by getting prayer. The prayer team is gonna be up on the left and on the right. And listen, if you're watching online, put it in the comments and we'll get you in the right, we'll put you in the right place to get the help that you need on that. Fill out the connect card and take it out to the center out there and they will, they'll get you the, into the place you need to be. If you've accepted Jesus and you wanna go deeper, take a step towards him and taking all of these challenges and applying them to your life. When you say yes to God, he'll say yes to you in a lot of ways that you didn't know. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. 
We are located at 7209 Fagenbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.